Do you dream of having time and money freedom? Are you looking for ways to enjoy business and life harmony or just to improve your business and yourself? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with your host, Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn from experts in business, leadership, personal development, and mindset to help you create your ideal business lifestyle, whatever that means for you. And now, here's your host, Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. I'm on a mission to help you create your ideal business lifestyle. As a business strategist and executive leadership coach, I help you get your business under control, grow yourself and your team so that your business works for you and your team, giving you more money, more time and less stress. And if you'd like to know more, I invite you to visit ShirleyDalton.com. In my role as radio and TV show host, I bring you additional experts to help you improve your business and your life. And today we're talking with blissful real estate investor, Monica Sawyer. Welcome, Monica. Thank you, Jillian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Monica, I'm very intrigued to have our conversation today. We're going to be talking about real estate and investing and you use the term blissful real estate investing and uh, and I'll share with you a little later on that uh, some of my real estate experiences have been anything but blissful Um, But and that's probably from my lack of knowledge. But for our listeners today who are in business, the reason that we're talking to Monica today is to actually help you to be able to take care of your financial future so that you can get on with the business of of running your business and looking after the strategy and the team with that. So Monica, I always start with talking a little bit about our guest so that our listeners can get to know you. Let's, Let's explain a little bit about who you are. You've been investing in real estate for 25 years and you're the creator of the Blissful Real Estate Investor Formula. You've seen several real estate cycles and have developed specific strategies to create a multi-million dollar real estate investing business that you run part-time. Now that's impressive. With very little (laughs) stress, (laughs) it's even more impressive. You love sharing your insights and helping people build their own fortunes in real estate. You've been featured nationwide in the US on radio and TV, including ABC and NBC and several other large networks. And you're also the author of Choose Bliss, The Power and Practice of Joy and Contentment, and you're passionate about helping people to enjoy blissful lives. So let's start with what is blissful real estate investing and how did you get started? Great question. Thank you, Shirley. So before we even move forward, let me go ahead and define bliss because people seem to have lots of different ideas about what that word means. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy for you to do that because it's not it's it's not a common word, is it? It, it has a lot of um, and people who who hear it, it has a lot of connotation. So I'll be very happy for you to define it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so. Bliss, uh, the way that I use bliss, it basically refers to emotional resilience and emotional mastery. So when you're feeling bliss, from my perspective, you have that really deep sense of joy and contentment, and you have confidence that you can handle anything that comes your way. So bliss is defined as 
joy, contentment, and emotional confidence. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It certainly does. Yeah, so when we're talking about blissful real estate investing, it's really about investing in real estate and running a real estate business in a way that's low stress and joyful. And like you mentioned, I can't wait to hear your story, but like you mentioned, most people have not had that experience in real estate. And I've been in real estate now, you know, actually, I, my adventure with real estate began with my dad. I was three years old when he invested in his first property. And so I've had experience with real estate my whole life. And one of the things that I found was that with my dad, he did experience a lot of that stress. It was never a joyful thing. He was planning for the future. And in fact, real estate did pay for my education, my wedding. It's paying for their retirement. But it was never a joyful experience for my dad. It was a very stressful one. And so when I decided to start investing in real estate myself, I was really committed to um, having a joyful experience in my business because that's what I do. I'm the bliss expert, right? And so my whole life is about living in a blissful, joyful way. And my business has to be run that same way. I can't run it any other way. And so I started to look for ways to streamline the business so it was less stressful, create um, systems and strategies in the business so that I could enjoy it rather than being so focused on all the stress. Now, because it's blissful does not mean that I don't have bad days. It does not mean that we don't have challenges. It just means that I'm resilient when I'm having a bad day, so I don't stay there for very long. And when challenges come up, I'm in an emotional state of problem solving rather than stress and fear and upset. You know what I mean? Mm, I do. And and I'm Love that you're mentioning that because in my experience working with a lot of business owners, they do experience that stress and, in fact, that's why we created this to help people to, excuse me, I'll just clear my throat, <clears throat> to reclaim their freedom and to create their ideal business lifestyle. And so if, I, if I'm listening to what you're saying there in terms of your definition of bliss, uh, sorry, we're just on location and we've got a little bit of noise outside which I can't control even though I'd like to stick my head out and say, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know I'm on the radio? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. Talking about lifestyle businesses, right? Sometimes we're on location and that's what happens. <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah. So and what were you saying about resilience? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so, so having that ideal business lifestyle really is fitting in with what your definition of bliss is, where you've got joy, contentment and emotional confidence. And, and you know, just like this morning here, things happen, we get challenged. And as you say, you learn not to stay in that for very long and then to be able to move with that. And so, again, for many of the business owners that I work with, they're not in that state. So I think, you know, we're going to get um, some great information from you today on both terms, both about real estate investing and then also using those principles for bliss to be able to create a better environment for us with our business. 
Yeah, you know, and and what I thank you so much for catching that because the reality is that bliss is a way of being. It's a way of running everything. You know, you've heard the term the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Mm-hmm. Um and for me, it really is that way. I live that way. I run my business that way. I run my relationships that way. You know, I run my investments that way. My whole life is built around that strategy of really enjoying the journey. Um, and so whatever we talk about today is applicable in every area of our life. And my book, Choose Bliss, is where I really... Um, expand upon the strategies and techniques that I've used in my own life to create that emotional mastery and create bliss in my life. Mm. Love it. I love it. And and I think one of the key things that you just said then is that you've learned, learned to create that and that you're consciously choosing it. And so I think sometimes we can get into the victim mode where we think, oh, it's not possible and this is my lot and, you know, down we go. Yeah. And, and yet right. it's, some, it's, not, it's not necessarily a natural thing, although some people are naturally more optimistic and more blissful than others, but it is something that you can learn. Absolutely. It's a skill that you can learn or a series of skills. Um, it's a series of strategies and we do always have a choice. Um, people think often that they're in a situation that they don't have a choice. We always have a choice. Can I actually give you an example of a, of a conversation I had around that recently? Yeah, please do. Okay, so this is actually with regards to real estate specifically. And um, I had a friend who had a renter that was not paying rent. And she was all bent out of shape. She had to go through the whole eviction process. And um, since you've owned real estate, you understand how stressful that can be. Uh And I also have had to do evictions. So I do also understand how stressful that can be. And one of the things that I said to her is, you know, you are really, really lucky that you get to own property and that you've got that level of wealth. And with wealth comes responsibility and challenges, you know, just with poverty, just the same as with poverty. No matter where you are on that spectrum of wealth to poverty, there's going to be challenges and issues that come up. She is lucky enough to have challenges because she's, she's got that wealth, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of saying to herself, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're not paying rent and they don't appreciate me and they're screwing up with my house, you know, that whole thing, mm-hmm. that story that we have in our head right? Because Mm -hmm. we create the story around it. The situation is someone's not paying rent, but the story in her head is, oh my God, they're not paying rent and I hate them and they're not appreciating me. Mm -hmm. But what if instead she created the story of, shoot, this sucks. How can I deal with this in the most efficient way and move on to the next next tenant? Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the same situation, but it's the story in our head that creates the decisions that we make. And we always, 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 100% of the time, have a choice about the story that we create in our head. That's really powerful. I mean, not only just for real estate, but for life and for business in general. Uh, It reminds me of 
comments that my business owners would be talking about their staff. Ah, rotten staff, they don't do this, they don't do that. And again, as you say, it's a story. And I love that you're saying there that, you know, whether we're wealthy, whether we're poor, whether we're in between, there always comes responsibility and challenges. And um, so really looking at that story that we're telling ourselves and then bringing it back to, well, what's the situation? And I think you said, how can I deal with this in the most efficient way and move forward? Love it. Exactly. Okay. So I think it's a really good place to have a break. And just listeners, please think about that. What stories are you making up in your head that are creating the decisions that you're making rather than looking at the situation and choosing a different outcome? So think about that for a minute and we'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. Wow, how powerful is that? We're talking today with Monica Sawyer, the Blissful Real Estate Investor Formula Creator. And we started off by talking about the stories that we create in our head and how that can influence our decisions and our actions and really looking at the situation versus the story that we're creating about it. So, Monica, I have to ask then, what stories, if any, did you have floating around in your head and how did you change them um, to be able to use blissful real estate investing in your own life? Yeah, I so I actually love telling this story. So thanks for asking. Um, so you know, when my dad was was doing real estate and he was always stressed out and he wasn't spent time um, able to spend time with his family. Um, you know, as a child, I really noticed that. And so when I became a young woman and was deciding. Um, you know, I had my own home and I was buying another home and I was deciding whether to rent out the first one or not. And I was really scared. There were all these stories in my head, right, about it's really stressful. I'm going to have terrible tenants. I'm going to have to collect rent. How am I going to clean the place if they mess it up? There were all these things in my head that I heard my dad talk about, right? Um, uh-huh. And so I was really stressed out, and, and I almost didn't rent out that first property. 
And I remember one night I was having a conversation with my dad, and I was really stressed out. He could hear it in my voice, and I was scared. And I was saying, Daddy, you know, I, I want financial freedom, but I don't want that stress that you had. And he said to me something in that moment that completely changed the way I looked at everything. What he said to me was, Monica, everybody has money issues. Everybody faces challenges. Do you want poor people money issues? Or do you want rich people money issues? Ooh. <laughs> and, wow, now that's an interesting perspective, isn't it? Mm, mm. And so, yeah, in that moment, I decided I wanted rich people money issues. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, I am so in. And so, so I kind of jumped into real estate investing with this attitude of, I'm going to have rich people money issues, which in itself is good, but it's still... Um, sort of presupposed that there was going to be a lot of stress and issues. And then as I got into it, I realized, you know what, I don't have to have this level of stress. And I recommitted myself to creating stories about this does not have to be stressful. And then creating systems about how I could make it not stressful. And I think that really systems is the key. We need to set up a formula that will create an environment that allows the business to run in a way that's very low stress. Does that make sense? It does, yes. And um, and just before I started transitioning, my previous role was as Australia's business systemizer. So when you're talking systems, I'm all there with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that and you know that way you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know how you're going to react in most situations or respond rather. You know you you kind of have your script or your roadmap. And then when things come up, you're not completely thrown off. You're just, it's just a little bit of a detour from what you you normally do. So it keeps the stress down a lot. Yeah, so of course I'll have to ask you then what are some of your strategies and it just reminds me when we were travelling in the States just recently, one of our friends is a real estate investor and he has his little um, checklist and formula and it really keeps him on the straight and narrow. He'll look at a property and he'll assess it against his checklist and if it fits, then he's interested and if it doesn't for any reason, he has the strength, the determination and the discipline to say no and move on to the next. And I just found that so inspirational, you know, because we can get yes. caught up in the emotion of it. Absolutely. Buying houses is fun and exciting and very emotionally engaging. So is selling. So it is, that's amazing. When you can have discipline and really look at it as a business, that's a, a very, um, it's a really great personality trait, right, for any business. But, you know, the thing is this, you know, the buying and the selling is only a piece of the business. Um, and there are a lot of people out there that really focus on that. And, of course, there's a mindset required for that. But the thing that people don't focus on is the, the lion's share of the business. The lion's share of the business is actually managing those properties between the buy and the sell. Uh -huh. That's where we spend the most time. So when I talk about the fact that I spend five hours a month on my business, 
What that really means is that when I'm in a transition phase and I'm getting new renters in, or I'm in a purchase phase and I'm remodeling a place, that's where I spend the most time. And the rest of the time, I basically spend nothing, no time at all. So it's kind of evened out over the year, right, to about five hours a month. But it's during those times when you're transitioning, when you've got, you're dealing with renters, when there's a problem in the house or those sorts of things, that's really the part that's going to take the most time because you only buy and sell each property once, right? And so for me, my formula is really about how to manage the property for as long as you hold it. You know, what are the strategies for um, dealing with challenges that come up? What happens when the property needs to be maintained? Um, You know, I was living in France for a year and a half, and I had six properties here in the United States at the time. And I had um, one property that transitioned between tenants, and I had several properties that had issues that came up. You know, one, the air conditioner broke. One, the garage door broke. Uh Now, from abroad, I was still able to manage all of that very low stress because of my systems. And I'll give you the secret to the system. I can't give you the whole thing because there's a lot, right? And I actually cover that in a two-day course. So there's a lot of information. But But the key to this is training. It's about engaging your vendors and your tenants in the process in such a way that they want to manage the property themselves, they want to keep it up, and they feel like they're in partnership with you in running this business and creating a home that they love. Wow. Well, that's certainly different. Right. It's not, they're not a number. They're not just paying our mortgage. They're our customer. And if you start to look at your tenants as business partners or customers, you have a completely different way of approaching them when problems come up. And they're going to respond to you completely differently also. And setting, up, setting all of that up is all in the training and the conversations before you even put them in any of your houses. Does that make sense? It does. And um, recently, before we left to go to America, we had moved locations in Australia and we had sold our house and so we were temporarily renting. And my goodness, the the way in which we were treated was just abominable. You know, we, we were like second-class citizens. Uh, we had to prove everything. It got to the point where I made an offer to one real estate agent and said, I'm in my own business, I've just sold my house, I don't have the uh, references that you're requiring, Um, I can tell you, you know, uh, get you the real estate of the people that sold the house and the response was, oh yes, but you would have just cleaned it up to sell the house. I mean, I was appalled at that and we ended up offering to pay six months in advance so that they wouldn't be concerned that we weren't going to pay the rent. Like it was just... Yeah, and and I don't know what it's like, um, you know, in other countries or, or actually I do because we rented a place in San Diego and it was so much easier and so, and so different. But certainly in Australia, some of these property managers, they're like bulldogs. Right. Well, and that is actually true almost everywhere. I hear this from my renters all the time. You know, I never, ever, ever want to leave because I don't ever want to have to deal with any landlord other than you or any property manager 
because it is true. Most of them, most people, and you know, I'm not, to, I'm not saying that I don't run it as a business. I do. Uh-huh. But most people run it as a business in a way that it's not human. It's uh-huh. all numbers and calculations. And, you know, and there's not the, a lot of businesses do not see the real estate business as a people business. They see it as a numbers business. And when you change the attitude from peop, from from numbers, excuse me, from numbers to people, the way that you handle the business and the way that you run your business completely change. It's like a 180 degree switch, right, of how you're running that business. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and I absolutely agree with you that a lot of people do look at it as numbers. And I'm also making the the jump too that in business we can be guilty of doing the same thing as well where we'd be looking at the number of staff that we've got or the number amount of wages that we have to pay and start looking at that rather than looking at the people and the contribution. And something that you mentioned earlier about your tenants is that they are in partnership with you. And so I'll be interested when we come back from the break for you to just give us a a little glimpse of what that means to have people in partnership with you. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand or your business? Jess Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal Business Lifestyle. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. Wow. I don't know about you, but my mind is reeling because what Monica Sawyer is sharing with us today is such a new and different way of looking at investing in real estate. And I know from my own experience, it hasn't it hasn't always been a fantastic experience for me. And yet, if I apply what Monica is talking to us about today and changing my mindset and the definition of blissful, then I can see that I most likely could have had a different outcome. 
And I think it's the same with people in business as well. You know, if we look at our team as the numbers and we do the calculations versus looking at our team as the as people and partners and customers. So, Monica, I'm really interested to hear more about this. You know, if you can give us a, a few little snippets of your strategy or your formula, because this is totally different to anything that I've ever experienced before. Sure, I'd be happy to. You know, one of the things that we say here in the United States, and we hear this over and over and over again in companies, is your your people are your biggest asset, uh -huh. right? And it's interesting because what I find in corporate America, and I don't know how it is around the world, but I do know here, it seems more like something we talk about rather than something that we do. Uh -huh. um, and the thing is this, that really... The people in our businesses and in our world are our biggest asset. And so when I so that's why I look at it this way also in real estate. My tenants are stewards of my home. My vendors are going to make that home a lovely place for them to live. So these people are going to be the keys to my success. It really benefits me to make sure that my relationships with them are, are lovely, right? Uh -huh. um, that they, and you're going to have less turnover. You'll find when your vendors like you, they're going to give you much better service. You're going to be prioritized on their list of people to visit and to give quotes to. I had vendors, and I, you know, I feel a little bit guilty about this, but they will back up another job to fit me in you know, when I need them. My tenants, I never have a tenant that leaves before five years because they love being there. So your people, really, if you are able to build those relationships, um, they will really help your business to run smoothly. And that's true in every business. So some of the, key, some of the keys strategies that I use to make sure that those relationships work is in the very first few conversations, I set expectations. What is it that you can expect from me, and what is it that I'm going to ask of you? And if at any point, one way or the other, they don't like what I'm saying, they can just go. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't negotiate um, the relationship. I, will let, I, let people, I help people to understand what the expectations are, and then they can choose whether they want to be a part of that relationship or not. Once they decide that they want to be a part of that relationship, then we start to talk about the specifics. And again, I'll set expectations, and then they set expectations with me also about what their boundaries are. Uh -huh. Those conversations happen very early on. Then once the relationship starts, if anything gets like sort of off track, we renegotiate that relationship and we have that conversation again. Right? But at that point, you're coming from a place of, I want this to work out. I really like you. Not an adverse, adversarial um, conversation of, you're taking advantage of me and I don't like you and I'm trying to get the best out of you and I don't want to have to give you anything from it. Which is a lot of, a lot of times how it works out between landlords and tenants specifically. Also between executives and employees, right? There's often an adversarial relationship rather than a relationship of partnership and, you know, being on the same team. When you're looking at a problem, you want to be looking at the problem on the same team rather than on opposite teams, 
right? So my big, my big strategy is really about training and having the conversations about setting boundaries and expectations. And I love that, that you've, you've um, really taken the time to um, think about that and then to develop a strategy around that. And uh, one of the things that I just want to point out is that when you're talking about a vendor, it sounds like you're talking about what we would call a supplier in Australia, so somebody who might fix the plumbing or the air conditioning or um, the electrics or something like that, you know, maintaining the property. Um, Exactly. Yeah, whereas in Australia a vendor is somebody who's actually selling a house. We we call them vendors. Yeah. Okay. And I, I use that term specifically because it's a business term that we all understand. And I understand that I'm crossing over and I'm using terms a little bit wrong here, but what I'm trying to get across is if we call our tenants our customers and we call the men that help or the people that help us service the homes, our vendors, our mindset switches to the mindset that it needs to be in order to maintain those relationships in those sorts of ways. If we keep the words as tenant and you know service provider, we're going to treat them differently because of the languaging that we're using. Our languaging affects the way that we feel and think. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. So and that's why I use those terms. Yeah, and I, and I think they're good terms and I think we just need to explain to people uh, why you've chosen them and what they mean from your, your perspective because uh, if we're not clear about that, then, then we're going to be putting in our own interpretation of that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was interesting that you said that, you know, in many relationships they're adversarial and, uh, and and certainly that's the experience that we had when we were renting and also see that in businesses where you've got this us and them mentality, oh, there's management and, and then there's the workers, if you like. And so I really appreciate that you're taking the time to actually set this up as, no, we are one team. And we're working together here. And I like that you were saying that I like you and I'm coming from the point of view of I want to make this work as opposed to somebody who, say, negotiates to get the cheapest price and, uh, right. you know, or to, to have somebody come and, and do the quickest, lousiest job that you can get, you know. And I, and I know that a lot of um, uh investors will do that you know they they don't uh we use the term in australia they don't give a continental (laughs) about the the renters (laughs) i love that (laughs) yes and uh you know so whatever is the cheapest easiest quickest way and uh, and as you say this is people's homes and wow to have an average of people as tenants for five years that's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal so, so tell us, Monica, is investing in real estate your main business? It is not, actually. It's a part-time business. It's actually what I consider my hobby. Uh-huh. Um, I've actually been a life coach for many, many years. And so that was my main business. I'm now transitioning to doing uh, classes and more group 
courses because my priorities are changing. I've got aging parents, and I want to spend more time with them. Uh Um, So my priorities are changing. So now I'm moving more to doing group kinds of things. But I have been a coach for 11 years. That was my main business. And real estate was just the thing that was in the background that was a fun hobby that happened to make me a millionaire, which was super cool. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, cool hobby. (laughs) And I find that often we do things in our life and then they they end up coming back in, you know, so we we end up using all of the stuff that we've learned as as we go through this journey. And so here you were just having this as a hobby and now you're actually teaching people how to do it and you're using the the training that you would have received and the experience as being a life coach to also look at the language, as you were saying. You know, that's something that we would talk about if we were doing coaching and now you've been able to move that across into the real estate industry and I would dare say that you are making a huge impact because it is a a completely different way of looking at the industry. Yeah, it it really is and I really enjoy the looks on people's faces as they start to talk about this and the light bulbs go on. And I'm like, we're going to have this whole new, you know, generation of landlords, that people that are respectful and kind and in partnership and allowing people to have happy homes and building communities that way, right? Yes, yes. And in in fact, one of my clients in Australia is in real estate and uh, he brought me in to train his people in empathy, you know, for for dealing with both the landlords and the tenants and wanted them to to learn how to understand from the tenant's point of view. And um, I must say, I did my best, but gee whiz, some of the the team were very resistant. (laughs) They still had that old mentality. (laughs) Yeah. It was a challenge. Uh, so, so Monica, um, I think we'll. It's a good time to have a break. We're a little early for our break, but we'll we'll catch it up on the next bit. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you why you recommend other business owners invest in real estate rather than keeping all of their monetary focus on growing their primary business. So, stay with us, listeners, and we'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Tonfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. 
Welcome back. Wow. We've been talking today with Monica Sawyer, who has an absolutely amazing attitude and mindset towards investing in real estate. And in fact, what Monica is sharing with us today about the blissful real estate investing formula is actually applicable to your business and to your life. And Monica is teaching us about how we can look at our tenants and our people that um, help maintain the property as customers or partners in business and vendors. And Monica, I want to ask you now, why do you recommend other business owners invest in real estate? Don't you think they should keep all their monetary focus on growing their primary business? Really good question. You know, so let's think of it this way. Our business is the thing that we invest the most of our time, energy, and money into, correct? Uh But when you're investing too much, putting all your eggs in one basket, then if that one basket suffers in any way, then everything else suffers. So when we talk about investing in the stock market, for instance, or, you know, when you're talking to a financial planner, they will say something like diversify your investments, uh-huh. right? You want to have some in liquid assets, some in harder assets, some in really safe assets, blah, 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 right? There's a whole breakdown. Uh-huh. Our businesses is one of our assets, and it's one of the things that we spend the most time on. Uh-huh. And from, from my perspective, in our businesses, we create now money now. Now money now simply means it's the money that, We invest into our business to make it work and we invest into our lives to pay our bills and keep our living and our our standards and all of that, right? Uh So that's for now, money now. We also have then money later, which is stuff that we invest into our business so that our business will grow and that we'll experience more money and more wealth and um, more expansion later, right? Uh But all along the way, we should be thinking about what happens much later, like when we're retiring or when something happens in our lives that maybe we weren't expecting or we want to send our kids to college so there's a big expense, right, or there's a wedding or whatever. So there's things that happen along in our lives that we want to save for. So we have now money now, then more money later, and then we have the background money that creates the stability for everything else that happens in life, mm-hmm. right? Our retirement, the big expenditures. It, a lot of people will do, in the United States, we have SEP IRAs, Roth IRAs. We have all these retirement programs that we can put money into. And I look at real estate as one of those investment opportunities for the structure of our life that is there if something big happens or we need a big chunk of money. Uh So if you invest everything into your business and you never plan for your future, if your business, God forbid, goes bad or something happens, you know, and all the money disappears, you haven't planned for the safety of continuing on with life, right? Life doesn't just end because the business doesn't work or because something bad happens, Uh right? And so investing in real estate is a a way to create a safety net um, without having to manage it constantly. In other words, with IRAs, SEP IRAs or whatever, you're you're looking at what it's invested in, you're making changes and you know, or you're you're 
trusting someone else to do that, you're not usually going to get the same kind of returns in that kind of retirement planning as you would in re, um, real estate retirement planning. So that's why I always recommend this does not, you know, for me, it's not a full-time business, certainly not. But it is the thing that has paid for my year and a half in Europe when I was living there. It's the thing that, you know, my husband and I backpacked around the world for six months. It's, you know, it could retire us now if we both wanted to stop working, right? Uh -huh. Which we don't want to do. We both love our work. But it will pay for a very nice lifestyle when we retire also. Uh -huh. So that's why I recommend it. Okay. So is there a time frame for, for doing that? You know, I'm thinking that there might be some business owners that are thinking, oh, gee, you know, retirement's not that far away from me. Is it too late? Mm -hmm. um, I would say that if you're looking at real estate, always plan for at least a 10-year life um, time frame, at least, uh -huh. because there are cycles in the real estate market and you want to protect yourself from downturns. So um, if you want, I, I always recommend a conservative approach, so at least 10 years. I think in 20 years you can create an entire retirement lifestyle fund, uh -huh. um, so that's great. Now here's the thing. Yes, retirement may be five years away, Right. Uh -huh. But it doesn't mean that because you retire in five years, you're also going to die in five years. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> you know, you got to still plan for all those years that you're in retirement, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Even if you start now and it's not going to be the funds that you use the moment you retire, it might be, it probably will be the funds that you use 15 years after you're retired or 10 years or whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, I do, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's kind of my perspective on time frame for that. Okay, so I have to ask then, what you, you were talking about the 10-year lifetime. So what happens if the real estate market crashes like it did in uh, 2008 where, you know, a lot of people did lose everything? They did. Um, I actually bought a house, um, the house that I live in currently, at the top of the market, literally, so in 2008, top of the market, literally in three months, no, sorry, in six months, my property dropped by $300,000. I bought the place for a million, and it was worth 700000 in six months. Wow. And that hurt quite wow. a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So, there, you know, there's a couple of perspectives on this. I was living in it, so I had my house, I was paying my mortgage, we still had our job our jobs and our income. And so, yes, it was painful. But again, I did not freak out, right? This is, again, going back to your mindset. Uh -huh. The house will recover. It's hard property. It doesn't just disappear like stock in the stock market. It rarely goes to zero. Uh -huh. So we just held on to it. Now, a couple of my other properties also dropped in value because I bought something in 2006, uh -huh. right? However... Because of the economic situation, a lot of people were now renting, and so rents held. Uh -huh. So as long as I had the long-term vision of holding and understanding that, in general, the trends of real estate are to go up, as long as I could hold long enough to recover, I was fine. Uh -huh. And so I did. So I held my properties. Now... 
how long has it been? been nine years, right? Mm-hmm. That property is um, just over what it was worth. It's worth 1.2 now. Mm-hmm. And the other property that had also dropped is now um, actually doubled from then, believe it or not. And I just held it by renting it. So that's why I always say you have to have a long-term vision so that you can recover when the cycle takes a downturn. And it always does. It does in the stock market, and it does in real estate. Um, And if you don't do those sorts of investments and you invest in something very safe, then you're losing money because you're not getting paid the interest that that compensates for the cost of living increases, right, inflation. So, you know, it's always managing money, investing money is always risky. There's always a level of risk involved. And if you give yourself the time to recover and to benefit, that's when you're going to see the most increases in your investments. And, you know, that's pretty similar with business, isn't it? I mean, we put a lot of time and effort in and, um, you know, there's not too many people have instant success overnight. It's, you know, these, uh, what do they say, the overnight success that took me 20 years. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So um, what do you love most about your part-time blissful real estate investing business? And then I understand that you have a free gift for our listeners today. So tell us a little bit about that and where they can find it. Okay. So what I love best, I have to admit, is I love the homes that I own and I love my tenants. Uh I always buy properties that I'm going to love visiting and I always rent to people that I would love to hang out with. Uh And so I just, I really love both of those pieces of my business. Um, And then, yes, for my free gift, if you go to blissfulinvestor.com, you can download a case study of exactly how I built my multi-million dollar business from beginning to end. Uh And so you can take a look at the strategy and what I did, and and you can even implement that um, based just on the case study. So that's my free gift, and it's available to anybody. So just go to blissfulinvestor.com, and you can get that. Okay. All right. So where to from now? You mentioned before that you're in a little transition and you're changing because you want to be able to look after your parents. So where to from now? So from here, now I'm teaching um, real estate more in groups. Um, I have transitioned out of doing one-on-one coaching around happiness and bliss and business success, uh-huh. and I'm focusing strictly on, um, on real estate and coaching around that, because I do believe that it's the way to help people really reach blissful economic empowerment, and that can become the foundation for building the rest of their lives on top of, you know? Uh-huh. Okay. That's wow. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. Well, listeners, I'm always keen to talk with experts who can help you personally or professionally, and today's guest, Monica Sawyer, has done both. Freeing you up from stressing about your financial future, you can concentrate on building and growing or improving your business. Thank you so much, Monica, for sharing with us today. It was very informational and it's inspirational. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Shirley. This is really, really fun. You're welcome. Well, we're out of time. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always. 
I encourage you to implement what Monica has shared with you today so that you too can take charge of your financial future and continue to create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next week for an inspirational and educational edition. Until then, be sure to implement what you've learned today to create your ideal business lifestyle. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here for the next show.